When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Conduits of trouble. Judd's log at Chip Scoggins. We are recording on Friday morning, Chipper. And let's get right to some news uh, because this is certainly interesting involving the twins. We are now, uh, if I'm not mistaken, 13 days out. So Yesterday was two weeks out from the July 31st uh, trade deadline, which, of course, as we've talked about, is a drop-dead deadline now. There's no uh, post-waiver mm-hmm. deadline, August 1st, all that good stuff. That's all gone. John Morosi reporting. Um, source. Twins had a top talent evaluator in San Francisco for last night, so that would be Thursday night's Madison Bumgarner. Noah Syndergaard matchup. Minnesota has the prospects to make a strong play for either starter and also has interest in Giants relievers. I would guess that that list would lead with um, Will Smith. Mm -hmm. In light of that news and in light of the fact that it looks like the Twins got themselves at least a little bit back on track last night with the Rosario home run, which gave them the win over Oakland, what is your uh, uh, take on how things shake out uh, as we record this on Friday, versus the 14-4 to loss to the Mets a couple days ago. Yeah, that uh, it was one game, but it felt bigger than one game, didn't it? Last just, night did? Yeah, yes, last night. Absolutely. Just in terms of it looked like they were going to lose. Is another sloppy game. You had a couple errors, a, a bad base running mistake that killed an inning, a potential uh, big inning. And then Rosario comes off the maintenance day slash benching and just hits that bomb and it just sent a charge to the I think well clearly target field but also I think it did the team and because he even knows that guys were down and you wondered this team's been pretty unflappable and they're you know starting with Rocco on down and the clubhouse but you wonder at some point if they keep if they were you know lose that game mm-hmm. would things really start to spiral for them yeah, and and also because Cleveland's playing Detroit a thousand times of sure. late. Uh, <laughs> Every day. For sh- shocking, shocking the Indians beat the Tigers on Thursday night as well. So that lead was briefly down to three and a half. And, of course, if the Twins lose that game, it goes down to three. Yeah. And, and the unknown dynamic, I guess until last night, is this. Rocco is in his first year here. Mm-hmm. This team was at one point, what, 48 and 17 or mm-hmm. something ridiculous in June. So adversity has not reared its ugly head to this team until now. Now, three consecutive losses for the first time this year is certainly not bad. Yeah. And I would not call that a, a ton of adversity. But this was the first time that you – I don't know that you saw it in the clubhouse because I don't think no, that I you did. It but you saw it on the field. Yeah. And so how would this team handle things if it, they didn't start to go well? And, and the Rosario home run off the bench last night when, of course, he didn't start a day after dropping a fly, uh, two out fly ball – gave us an indication that the resiliency that we've seen is still there. Yeah, and part of the problem is just all these injuries. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, it hasn't been the big whopper one, but just 
this guy's in for or out for two weeks, and then something else, and this guy's out for you know ten days. Buxton being out's a big deal. It is. He changes everything. I mean, just defensively, and you look at the balls he can get to. Uh, there was one. Was it last night or the other night or the other day where you're like, it was hit to the wall. And it was Wednesday against the Mets. It was Wednesday, so, yeah. and you're like, that's the one he catches. Yep. You know. Yep. And just the pressure he puts on the defense when he's batting and, and running the bases, it's just it, he changes the team. And so, um, yeah, I think just it was sort of all those injuries adding up, and then the sloppiness we've seen defensively and just running the bases, it's just kind of created this nagging feeling like, and maybe, you know, the way they started created unreal expectations that they're going to play that way the whole year. They were not going to play that way the whole year. They're, no. they're you know, eventually we're, they're going to hit some stuff. But the mistakes. The mistakes were just kind of annoying. You. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the sloppiness, you know. The, the first time, the only two times this year so far that I've been annoyed with this team is early on, if you remember, I think Toronto came into target field and won two of three, and the Twins had gotten off to a good start. And I said, you know what, at home, beat Toronto a couple times, okay? Sure. And until they lost the two to the Mets, I hadn't thought that again. But that Mets series was annoying. It, well, it was not because you know what? You're pl- you're right. Guys are hurt. I get that. You're playing some good teams. You're going to lose. But the Mets are a dumpster fire. Mm-hmm. And the Mets came here, and those were and I I know that they lost by uh, ten runs on Wednesday, but those were two eminently winnable baseball games. That was annoying. And I I got to be honest with you, I was annoyed last night. The way it started, sure. you have an error right off the bat. Yeah. And then Arise has just a, I don't know, a brain cramp running the bases where you had first and second nobody out, and he thinks that Cave is going to get a button down, I think, and he just takes off running and he gets picked off second. Yep. And it killed completely killed that inning. And you're yes. like, you know what? It's continuing. This is a big series. Like I went to the ballpark last night just as a spectator, and walking in there you, with everything that's going on, lead down, Cleveland coming, they haven't played, they didn't play well, first three game losing streak. You're like. Oakland won six in a row. You're thinking, man, this is a big game. Absolutely. For just optics, for emotion, just everything. This is a big game. And then they start off that way, and you're like, man, this is this thing could spiral. And then so that's why I think mm-hmm. Rosario hitting that home run. Now, it may not matter if they lose tonight. We may feel differently. But just for that moment, you like, this feels like kind of a pivotal point that if they win the division, like you said, you'll look back and you're like, you remember that night Rosario hit that three-run homer yep. against A's? That was a big moment. Yeah, what, what uh, July 18th, game 95 is not ordinarily Chip yeah. Scoggins, a game where you say to yourself, uh-huh. But, and I think baseball, too. Baseball's weird, and one thing I love about it, both um, as a fan and from the profession that we're in now, is it's also a game, I don't know if, if the right word is circumstances, but but it wasn't just, if, if Rosario started and left and hit, hit the sure, home run, yeah. it's a good story. But the fact that he was clearly he benched, was benched. I'm yeah. sorry, or a maintenance day. But <laughs> the fact that he was cl- he was clearly benched, and if so, he deserved it. Mm-hmm. And then that you know they bring in the r- relief pitcher, who by the way they went from a righty to a right hander. Right, yeah. So this was not you know <laughs> yeah. this was not so. But the fact that he comes off the bench, the first pitch, first bench, pitch, yeah. and then he was so jazzed. I mean, yeah. he basically did a beeline towards his own dugout and is screaming, mm-hmm. and he spikes the bat. So if this had just been his third at bat. And he, he hits the home run. I'm not saying it's not important. Yeah. 
But there's moments about baseball that stand out because of the circumstances, and this struck me as well. Well, yeah, and did you see the reaction from the dugout, too, where well, Nelson Cruz is flipping over the, the thing? And he, was, he looked like me. <laughs> getting out of bed. Like me or you getting out of bed trying to get over. He, he literally just sort of like slowly but surely flipped over the railing. But it, it, didn't it, like watching that, didn't it sort of felt like weight lifting off yes. a team that was starting to feel – I don't know if they're starting – well, maybe they were starting to feel the pressure. I don't know, but – um, so we'll see how that, you know, I, I don't believe in carryover effect in baseball because you can face a really I, good pitcher. I do believe in confidence boosts though. I, 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 I believe in lightening the mood, lightening yes. the mood. Yes. And I think that, Absolutely. I think that did. So, which is why I think a trade is important too, because the, and I know that this is difficult to quantify and the stats heads are all like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't <laughs> narrative, 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 but we've covered sports, both of us a long time. And to me, what a trade is going to say, and this is true of any employee who takes pride in their work, if somebody comes along and gives you a boost, you say, they believe, my boss believes in me. 100%. And so I believe a trade, now, now they need help too. They need bullpen help, and, and I would, if they got it, certainly welcome a starter. But beyond that, I think that that would send a message to that team mm-hmm. that is extremely important. It. Without a doubt, because it, I mean, it's all about sending messages. You know, if just as if you you trade away a team that's not completely out of it, but you you trade some pieces like they they did last year, and you're like, hey, we're waving a white flag here. Or two years back, or, yeah, when they were in it, decided and they that still, they were out, and they bailed, and then they still made the playoff, and they still made it. But what does that say? Like, oh, yeah, they, they think we're done. And that's why this, I want to see this. That's why this time I want to see them emboldened. Yeah, and, and it comes. I mean, one, you send a message that hey. We think you're great, and we're going for it. You know, we think you guys can contend, and we're gonna we're gonna improve this team, so we really can go go for it. But the other thing is, true serum to Rocco. Rocco drink this true serum. How many bull, how many relievers does he trust? Well, we saw it last night. Taylor One or Rogers. two, maybe, right? Well, we saw that the the thing that went pretty much uncovered about last night's game because of the dramatic way that Rosario shifted that was Gibson gives up the home run in, in the sixth. Two months ago, he's out. I looked he was at allowed it. to pitch through the seventh, and then Taylor Rogers was brought in to get another two-inning save. Trip. And I looked at it, I believe, at, so he gave up the two-run homer, and I thought for sure that's, that's it, because I looked at it, and I believe he was at 88 pitches. Was that correct? Uh, let me see if I got it. But yeah, I, I, that's I, probably I, about right. Yeah. I think I looked up there, and he was at 88, so I just assumed that was going to be that was going to be it for him. And... The fact that he brought him back out in the seventh, in the seventh, and then, hey, I'm going to ride Taylor Rogers for two innings, which he's doing more and more, tells you that Rocco is definitely shrinking his bullpen in terms of who he in these tight games who he trusts. And you can't blame him one. No, bit. no. After May's given up, you if know, the lead's two, down. If if my choice is to keep keep the lead to four or have it shrink to three, and I've got to pitch, you know, Rogers for another two inning save. I'm sorry, I'm going to do that if, yeah. if I'm Rocco every single time, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, until they make a trade. Well, and the interesting thing, too, is they have now jettisoned uh, three relievers since Saturday. Mm-hmm. They jettisoned Mejia, Morin, and McGill. So if your name starts with them, you're in big trouble. <laughs> uh, but the 40-man roster, Chip Scoggins, is down to 36 Yeah, what now. are they going to do with that now? Some, so they're, they're, well, they're something's going to happen here. Yeah, they're, they got room to Something's add going guys. to happen. But, but that was... But the Gibbs, the so you need two yes. from the outside at this point. I, and I think, think you need right? one really good one and one that you can trust. 
But you can't the, – the issue is the bullpen statistically is not a dumpster fire. But, again, statistically that's fine. But for those of us who watch this team consistently – I think I've, I've asked you this question. Who do you trust? Who do you trust? And this is about October. In key situations. Not July. Yep. This is about October. But Trevor May can handle situations right now in July if oh. he's put in the right ones. Yeah. You can't just say, Trevor, go out there. Taylor Rogers is the only guy I think that you can say, go out there and get them. No matter what. In this key situation. Yeah. No matter what. The, the worst. When you're back against the wall, you put him in there. Correct. And so I think you need two guys. I mean, you need one just veteran stud yep. he's your closer or rogers back into the bullpen eight, nine. Type of guy. eight nine absolutely and then you need a seventh inning guy yeah right and then you slot everybody else down whether it's you know may or duffy or whoever but they know that yeah this this team was until they started doing it on saturday falvey and levine were loath as i recall to dfa pitchers now now they sent them up back and forth all the time yeah and they've done it with colster but that but there, I, if I'm correct on this, there was a long period of time where that 40-man roster was always chock full, mm-hmm. and now there's all of a sudden what four spots. I'm fa- I'm gonna be no fa- yeah I'm gonna be fascinated to see once they do this because I, I do think they'll do something. What it what it what they are willing I think what they're they're willing to give up is gonna is obviously gonna tell us what they think about this team. Which is a, a perfect segue to the question to go back to the uh, John Morosi report via Twitter. Twins had top evaluator in San Fran for last night's Madison Bumgarner Noah Syndergaard matchup. The Twins have interest, or they, the Twins have the prospects to make a strong play for either starter. So let's start there. Syndergaard, young, mm-hmm. controllable, and will cost you an absolute That's ton. Mad Bum, will, one or, or two of your top prospects. Mad Bum will cost you, but I think that it's going to cost you a lot. But I think you can probably get away without including a top two prospect. So the, these are very interesting, but very um, in life different names situationally. Sure. Yeah. What would your preference be? Because Syndergaard's going to cost you lo- Royce Lewis or Kirloff. Yeah. Yes. They're gone, or one of them at least. Probably. Probably Syndergaard. I'm ready to roll the dice. You, oh wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. Interesting. I'm ready to roll the dice. I, I, but. That and I wonder if you could. To me, as much as I mean, he'd be great. Obviously, you you know your rotation gets infinitely better. But right. what is the package that gets him the stud reliever? Because that's what you have to have. I think that has to be your top priority right now. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. Although what they would do then is they would probably move a guy from their current rotation into the bullpen. But that's not your back end guy. So I, I'm with, yeah. I'm with you still. Yeah. But are you, are you more you're more a bum garner? I'm more with, with lesser would not get. I would the like to do a package deal that's going to cost me a lot a lot for bum garner and and one of the Giants bullpen arms, potentially Will, Will Smith. Smith. Yeah, and I think I can do that at a high price, but I think I could probably keep Lewis and Kirloff out. It's not it's not that I disagree with where you're coming from. But I'm trying to think of this as, do I really think in my heart of hearts that Derek Falvey will trade one of those top two prospects? I don't. And I don't think they I don't think yes. they will. No, I don't think they will. And it's easy for me to spend someone's prospects. You know? Absolutely. <laughs> but but your thought process but, is not flawed. But it's not I'm wrong. Just, it's just a difference in it's a, a difference in philosophy of how you value these guys. Yeah, and I, it's weird, Judd. I, like, like I was telling you on with the thing with Danny, is like I used to be like, you can't touch prospects. No way. 
under no, you know, they're gold. That's currency. That's gold. You can't mess with prospects and you can't mess with the future. I don't want to say screw the future, but I'm at the point now where, like, just this season has shown enough mm-hmm. that, and it's been such a long time since this town has had anything close to, well, nine or 2009. Just go for it, you know, and if, if it, you're going to have to swallow hard yep. and, and do something you don't want to do, but if you feel like, hey, there, this is our shot and we're going to go for it, it may not work out, but at least we're going to say we we gave our best through our best punch. Yep. And, and, you know, if you do it, one of those guys could go on and be a superstar somewhere else, and it may not work out for you, but you you can't – you can be paralyzed by the unknown, and you could talk yourself in circles on that. Yeah, we've seen it here. At, now, now, does it change your philosophy at all that the Bumgarner trade could possibly come with the bullpen help? I don't know, probably, I don't know if the that, Mets trade can. Yeah, it probably would. Got guys, and, but and, I don't know they're going to help. And the thing is, is, is – now, but – Obviously, Bumgarner's pinched a lot better now. Early in the year, you're like, ooh, you know, yep. he's been not. And he's an ornery SOB. Yeah, but that's what I want. No, I'm with you. If I'm there, I love the experience. I want that in. I you love. bring that. And that's the one thing. That's my I one. I love the postseason experience. That's, yeah, that's it. That's the one hesitation. It's like, you, you, no stage is going to be too big for him, right? And, well, so, and you know what, too, Chipper? He's 29. Yeah. Resign him. Yeah. If he wants to. See if he'll take a three-year deal. Yeah. See, See if, if he'll if do he likes it. it here. If not, then. He'll love it here. Yeah. <laughs> Boot wearing, butt kicking. <laughs> uh, he like, he can go. Hunt. We saw Favre do it. That's right. Yeah. He can. He doesn't have to. For all we care, he can have a condo here, and then mm-hmm. he can drive where you know what. Half hour from here, hour from here, go hunting. What would it take to include Sano in a package? Well, he'd be one of the first names I'm shopping, and I and if I'm Falvey, I am very much pointing out the fact that he has made adjustments. That That's have, right. Look at his swing. Hitting the ball better. <laughs> Look at that swing now. Yeah. But um, I'm trying to include him. I, I'm. This is going to sound weird again, but I'll go back to watching him. I don't have faith. Like I see improvements made. Yeah. But my biggest my biggest problem is this: the Twins have very much attempted to adjust him, and I think the Twins have a lot of smart people. Mm-hmm. But we all know this in pro sports. Everyone adjusts to you. Then, like nobody says, "Well, Miguel Sano has found God as a hitter, and we can't get him out." Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so I don't think he has the wherewithal as an athlete then to adjust to that. Like Buxton does. Mm-hmm. Like guys like that, and they might not always succeed perfectly, but they've got the want to and the sports savvy. I don't see that there. And the other problem, too, is Miguel is very quickly, if you watch him play, regressing at third base now. Mm-hmm. And so if if he is now a DH first baseman, the value comes down again. So if I can sell him to somebody and say, yeah. put him at third base, see what happens, I'm selling. And what what is uh... – is Gonzalez, is he a one-year guy, or does he have a couple years? I thought he had a three-year contract that he signed in spring training. But that, that would I'll, definitely make it I'll a lot check. easier and for I, me. And by the way, I love him. Yeah. I cannot I, I mean, you could put him at third, him Judd, enough. right now and just roll with it and feel good about it. If, if you do, if you didn't trade Sano day one of the playoffs, Marwin Gonzalez has to be two years. Two years. So he has this year and next year? Yep. So, but and and is there someone the in the pipeline? You don't really hear about third baseman in their pipeline. Marwin Gonzalez has to be at third base. Yes. If people are healthy, Sano's on the bench, and you know what? He can pinch it and swing from the heels. But this guy unless, he, pro- unless he's – if he's where he is right now, you probably – yes, but if he got hot and is hitting well, then you start the playoffs with him. But I don't want him at third base. He'll butcher a game. Yeah, but you got you want his bat in the lineup. I know I do. It's very difficult. But you know where? 
I want his bat. San Francisco. <laughs> City Field. I got a lot of good spots for it. None of them involve being at Target Field for I, I would, one of the playoffs. I, I, I would definitely uh, have him in the trade talks for sure. And that would might lessen the load of or lessen the uh, desire to have to put one of your top prospects in there. Yep. You might be able to package some, you know, lesser prospect with him. Because I agree. I don't want to say he's hit a ceiling and he won't go somewhere else and eventually become the player that everybody thought. But I, the longer it goes, the more doubts I have. You know, where I think Buxton still can be that. Oh, absolutely, superstar. Maybe that. Maybe not the hitter that everybody projected. Although he, you know, he was hitting better. He's now. in the two fifties. I'd like two six. I'll take two sixties. He's well, such a difference what everybody maker. Sold. I, I mean, no, I know, but he's such a. He is such. A difference maker. I would move it up to like goes. 280s. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. That'd be fantastic. I don't think that's unrealistic. Yeah, I don't think that's unrealistic to ask. Okay, so when Buxton got hurt, crashed in the wall in Kansas City in April, missed, I don't know, a game or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at that point, I wrote, this has got to, he's got to stop this. Yeah, like, but how? But, yeah. but, so here, here's the problem, though. So they did, they decided to play him, um, they decided to play him, what, deeper? Deeper, yeah. So that if he went back on balls and he got to, to the wall, he wouldn't be going at full speed and crash in. And I thought, that's a really good idea. <laughs> the play that happened on Saturday in which he, he got a whiplash effect and is now on the seven-day con- concussion deal with what we now call concussion-like symptoms because yeah. we don't, don't want to use that word, Chip. I'm at my wit's end, not being mad about it. Yeah. I, d- I don't know what to do here. Well, like I, you can't tell the kid not to dive, can you? It's not funny because he has a coach, but it's almost like he's he's too fast because he's getting the balls that other guys wouldn't even try to get. To, you know what I'm saying? It's not wrong. No, no. And, and I just I, people, give, and, I give up to a certain degree because the wall. I'm like, dude, you don't need to crash into the wall. But that's how he plays. You can't change how somebody plays. But they tried to change that, and they did a pretty good job. Yeah. But you can't. But he's playing deeper, so now he's running in at full speed. And he gets smacked. And you his can't head. tell. Yeah. Can you tell a guy? No. No, oh, don't dive. No, and you it's, can't. It's one of the things you love about him that he's fearless. I know, but it's just something well, you have to. Look at your record without him. I know it's it's damned if you, damned if you don't. But it's no. that's how he plays, and and it's the thing you admire about him is like he's going to try to catch every ball, whether he smacks his head on turf or runs into the wall. And with an athlete, professional athlete, they don't think about repercussions when they're in the midst of. Of competition, no. They, they go do it, and then they live with the consequences. And I just think with Buxton, because he's so good defensively and so fast that he gets the balls that a lot of people couldn't get to. Mm-hmm. Sadly, unfortunately, you're just gonna have to live with uh, some injuries because that's just how he plays. I mean, I don't think you can say, "All right, Byron, you need to tone it down a little bit." That it just well, against, it's not realistic. You know, right? against the walls, I think they did, and they changed that, and that was great. But this this one that he suffered in Cleveland, I it, don't. It see looked way. scary in the way he hit his head. Well, and you could see the the, the uh, grimace on his face immediately because the, the whiplash. Yeah, I know. But that was one I watched, and and I thought, damn, he's hurt. And then I thought, damn, there's nothing you can do no, about that one. No, and so you just, I, I just think because of the way he plays and and the and the balls that he's able to get to. This is just sort of going to kind of be his career that you're going to have to live with occasional DL stints. So if there is one one uh, pitcher on the market in the 13 days before the deadline that this team might get, is there one that you have as a favorite? I guess I guess Mad Bomb is mine because probably I probably Matt. Yeah, I love that post season experience. And you know what? If he gets here and helps you win a World Series and he leaves, yeah, hats off to you, Cowboy. We'll see you down the road. Well, that's the thing. As much as I I think they need a closer or 
eighth inning guys if you say he can flip and they with, do. with Rogers. The idea of having a guy with that kind of postseason moxie and experience yep. to start, and you you say, okay, we're gonna go him and Barrios. Yep. I think you start from a position of confidence at that point. Yeah, and get and guess what then? And then they going can go, into the Bronx. Don't bother you. No, no, you're not you're not afraid of anyone with that. And so, as much as obviously bullpen help is number one, I just think the um, the confidence that you would get from getting Baumgartner with his experience would bring that you'd say, all right, we got a guy with postseason experience here. We may not have a lot elsewhere, but we got a pitcher who's been there, done that, and is not afraid of the big moment. And so I just think that would kind of create a vibe in that locker room where, or that clubhouse where you're like, we're, we're good going into the postseason. And then you've got Cruz, who is what, he's been, yeah, 39, 39 now, now played yeah. forever. Marwin's got a ring, mm-hmm. and he's a pro as pro. If you've got Mad Bum as well, there's really enough guys. See, that that's the thing is, it's not that the Twins as a franchise would, would go into the Bronx and melt down because, oh my gosh, I look down and I have a Twins jersey on. It's because mm-hmm. they didn't have that experience. Sure. Yeah. And now if you have three or four guys who are like, boys, settle down. It's going to be fine. And especially if game one is a pitcher with the uh, postseason success of Mad Bum, mm-hmm. that changes the entire – that's how you're not mm-hmm. – overwhelmed by the emotion of yeah. it's the Yankees. And that's the tough thing, too, because the Yankees are going to try, if, if they have to, beat you 14-13. Yeah, and that's... So if you go in and you can shut them down mm-hmm. for game one, that's very important. And so that's why I think, you know, going back to your earlier question about... Because uh, then if you could if you could get Smith... Yep, that's what I want. I want, I want to do If you get that package, now you've kind you of killed both. two you're birds. Right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. You, can't, you can't just be like, well, we got... Bumgarner, and that's great. And Taylor, can you pitch every? Yeah, can you get from the sixth inning on? So, I think you're right. I think they'll make one splash and one where you're like, okay, this guy has some experience. He's you know, he's a seventh inning guy. It's not, it's not going to make you go, wow, you know. But if you get one guy to say, okay, he's our closer, and then one seventh inning guy, then I think, okay, now you're now you feel good about your bullpen because you have closer Rogers. Another guy, if you can figure out, I, for the life of me, I can't figure out Trevor May. I think Trevor May used in the correct role at the correct times is fine, but you can't. But this, he's not. He's not a guy that you can rely on. Yeah. Consistently, like you can't put him in. You can't bring him into a, a situation where he could potentially fail and then act surprised if he fails. Right. Well, it's just you see a guy throw ninety eight, and you're like, man. Throw 98. Well, and he likes that curveball, but know. You know, Carlos Santana hit it out in Cleveland on Sunday, and then you comes know, back he, with it. He got smashed by the pinch hitter uh, on on Wednesday. Yeah, and I respect him, and I think he's a good guy. Mm-hmm. But if I'm Rocco, I'm not going go to go to Valvi and say, "Oh yeah, we're fine here." Yeah, you can't. Twenty. Hold on a second, Chip Scoggins. Twenty six. Minutes into Conduit's a fun. <laughs> we are less than a week away yeah. from Vikings training camp. And God bless you, Twins. We have not mentioned the Vikings once. It rookies, amazing. rookies report and practice on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday uh, at TCO Performance Center in Egan. And then they get going on Friday. Your thoughts as we are right around the corner. So this is what having a good baseball team does, huh? If Think this was if it, this yeah. was the last seven years, we would have started with Vikings training camp. I said, and we wouldn't even mention I said the twins. The same thing with uh, with Rami and Phil oh, really? on Thursday. <laughs> yeah. I said if this was, we would have been breaking down Kirk Cousins' sure. whatever. I'm writing a column for Sunday about how 
year ago, this was Super Bowl or bust. Vikings were kind of the trendy pick. Team that went to the NFC Championship to get Kirk Cousins top quarterback. So we don't have that Super Bowl or bust hype this year. Right. And and I looked at I went to uh, Bavado in some of these different Vegas sites to look at odds. Sure. They're pretty much like in that twelve to or eleven to thirteen range in terms of best odds. Mm-hmm. Um, they won't be the pick to win the NFC North by many people, I don't think. To me, and maybe I'm wrong, the expectations haven't changed. It's a very interesting statement because I'm with you, but the, t- the clock's ticking, Judd. But if you no, you're right. But if you're Mike Zimmer, you can, oh he loves it, yeah. You can sell the fact that nobody believes, which means the expectations nationally have changed. If that makes sense, yeah. So but you're not wrong. You're right. But I but what Mike's going to sell on the opening night on Thursday of next week is. You know, last year they all said you were going to be Super Bowl champs, and now they all have bailed. Yeah, well, that's he's going to. Yeah, he's, he's going to eat. He's going to love it. As I, as I wrote, he's in hog heaven. But, but, I look at optics more than anything else, and look at there's a sense of urgency, and I think you could probably feel it too when you're over there. If there wasn't a sense of urgency that this core, think of their core that's been together forever. Harrison Smith's thirty. Xavier Rhodes. Trey Waynes, can you keep both? Linval Jer- Joseph's going to turn 31. Kirk Cousins is going to turn 31. Um, Everson Griffin had to take a pay cut to stay. Kyle Rudolph had to restructure to stay. So this core that's been together for a long time, there's an urgency. If there, was, if there wasn't the kind of urgency to get back and win big, you might have said, you know what, Kevin Stefanski, you're OC. We're going to let you just kind of prove yourself. They don't have that luxury. So you have to go okay. get Gary Kubiak. Yeah. Kirk Cousins comes out and gives a quote where I've been a 500 quarterback my whole career. That can't. That has to change. Yep. Does he say that if there's not a like real underlying sense of urgency within that organization? I just get a sense when you the things you see yeah. and hear that they people may may not think that this is a Super Bowl team, but I. Zimmer and Spielman they got that they got the options picked up. That means nothing. That's just a buyout if they Correct. get fired. They know they have to win big. And so, like, everybody in the NFL feels pressure to win, but I just feel like there's a – internally, I don't think because they won eight games last year that that there's that, that moves the needle in terms of what's expected of this team. What's your confidence then? I think they'll be better. I think they're – if we're not – you know, you can't predict injuries, but – Nine, ten, eleven wins in that ballpark, depending on how good the offensive line is and how. I think Kubiak's going to be a huge addition. He's the most important offseason addition sure. this, this team made. Now, I, I understand they've bolstered the offensive line to a yeah. certain degree, perhaps not as much with uh, Klein being right guard, and there's some being questioned there. But yeah, Kubiak's the key guy. Mm-hmm. He's the key guy. But doesn't that, to you, doesn't that signal? Well, let's not be honest, panic, Chuck. but just the the hey, we have got to well, let's be here. a lot better offensively, like right now. Mike's how old? Sixty what? Uh, I don't know, sixty, mid sixties. I don't even know. The, but the point, but yeah. the point being is, you know, co- coaching time. He doesn't have no. in perpetuity here. He's not Sean McVay, where it, if it goes south, he can be like, oh, we'll get it right now. So there, yes, the clock, the clock is ticking. And what Mike's going to try to sell to the players is no one believes. It. No one believes. Yeah. 
And and these are the seasons in which Mike Zimmer's Vikings teams have popped back up and played extremely well. I mean, it's a it's a clear, you know, back and forth and up and down and mm-hmm. back and forth. But yeah, there's everything about this team because if Cousins doesn't succeed now, he's not getting a contract. He's going to be in a contract year next gone. year. He's going to be in a contract year next year. And at some point in time, if Cousins fails here. The Wilfs are going to look at Spielman and be like, you know what? It's not all your fault because uh, Teddy got hurt, unfortunately, but you still have never found a quarterback. No. Yeah. So your so what your assessment's a thousand percent right. I just think it's going to be very interesting to see how the Vikings play it off while being very uptight uh, privately. But yeah, publicly saying no, no, people don't believe in us. That's the story. But the thing is, Judd, how many? At some point, so this core has been together for what five, six years? Like, yeah. I mean, point, this defense is Mike's. At some point, right? you're going to have to turn it over, the roster over, right? Because yes. they're going to. Which I would argue that they. It's, I think it's going to happen after this year, where you're going to see guys that have been here for a long time well, start to get cycled out. And here's what I here's what I don't like. And Chip, we saw this um, at its absolute worst. Although at the time we applauded it, probably, but it was still a huge mistake. 2009, keeping it all intact. For, mm-hmm. Because football's not like that. Yeah. Like baseball might be okay, mm-hmm. but football you need you need to churn things. And that's and, where the Patriots have been good. Yes. They do this. And, they churn before they. Uh, yeah. And I was just going to bring oh, up. Yeah. No, 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 no. You're right. And I was just going to say, a classic guy that Belichick would have cut bait from, Everson Griffin. Yeah. So, what I don't maybe even Rudolph too. Absolutely. But what I don't like about what you're saying, it's right, but I don't like it. Is this this feels like if it doesn't work now, there's going to have to be a big churn. Mm-hmm. The, the NFL churn should be gradual, like it should be taking pieces out, like the Griffin piece, boom, gone. But because they've given, that, those, they've given those guys such. I mean, a lot of those guys are high price guys that you're, but you didn't have to bring them back. You could yeah. have cut. You could have cut. If I'm not mistaken, Griffin at no penalty. Mm-hmm. Well, you think about so next year, will you be able to afford both Waynes and Rhodes? No. And there was there was chatter this year, right, about one of them's going to get. I don't know if it's legit or not, but people were talking about there was trade talks for, you know. And if Rhodes has the same type of year that he has in 2018, Chip, is he the type of guy? Are, are you going to instantly jump at the chance to bring him back on that contract? So you see, yeah. Yeah. I'm not. That's why I'm saying you could see that. But I wish they were doing this. Gra- I, I wish that they were doing this gradually. It feels like they're getting to a point where now we're just going to yeah. one day see five guys. There's Zimmer guys, though, man. I know, but that's I don't like that. Yeah. But that's, loyalty that's, doesn't serve you well in the sport if you're not getting back exactly what you need. And that's where I think, Judd, like where, where I was talking about, you feel that sense of urgency. Like this thing's not going to be together forever. They've all come in together. They mature together. Yeah. All this stuff. And so I think there's that sense of urgency. Like, hey man, if we're going to win big, we got to do it like right now. Because yeah, and that's a da- and that's a dangerous thing. Yeah, it's worked for this team yeah. after down years, but the 2010 thing—I always go back because that was uh, we almost did it. And now all we in. have to it do was, it all in. Yeah, all in in football to me means too late sometimes. Could yeah, and I just wish I wish that Mike had the ability to sit down and cut bait from guys he likes, understanding that they're that they're not going to give him what he needs as much, and also it's a cap league. Yeah, like the Vikings had so many opportunities like, to create cap space and whiffed the, on them. The problem with Everson is, was his um, was his play the result of is he hitting kind of that cliff or because of the issues he had off the field? 
you know what? I don't care. And because I don't know if they can answer that. I don't care because I can replace them. Hunter, Weatherly's improving. Yeah. I can. I could have replaced him. He gives you depth. Yeah. But I needed more help at like right guard, for instance. Yeah. Sure. I wanted to free up cap space. The second and and also, the second bar came back. That was a dynamic change because, to your point about the Patriots, the Patriots as good as Bar is or might be, say see you later. We're, we've we've already sat down in yeah. January and planned that cap space somewhere. Yeah. So once but that's he, that's the Zimmer emotional attachment with these with his core guys. But don't you agree that's dangerous? E, yeah, it can be, but they're also pretty darn good. You know, Griffin I could have easily replaced. Yeah, that's the one where you're Hunter, like, I can move over. Hunter's up. They've developed yeah, that. And by the I way, know. kudos to them. Yeah. Great find and a great contract. I just think Zimmer looks at it as like, we're still a top, I don't know where they finished in defense, probably top three maybe. He sees him as a top five, definitely. Yeah. Consistently. Yeah. And, they're, and you know what, though? He's done a great job there. Mm-hmm. But but he's not head coach defense. Yeah. He's head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. I know. I know. So, that the, But that's, to me, that's the dynamic. Like, nobody's talking about the Vikings right now. But I think there's like this internal, all this stuff going on where, hey, you know, this clock is ticking pretty fast to to turn this thing in to get a Super Bowl from this this if the, core. If the Twins weren't hot, what you're talking about now, be, yeah, be a definite conversation, yeah, in this town, big time, yeah. And maybe it will next year, next week when we when we get there, you know. But but Twins have been a great diversion from the angst of how good are the you know is this it? good baseball is. Yeah, as we discussed, I think a few weeks back, good baseball. We're worried about fantastic. the bullpen more than Everson yes. Griffin right now. But how nice is is this to finally have a summer full of being Look. concerned about not who they're yeah. going to dump, but who they might try to acquire? Mm-hmm. And like you said, so you know, when's the last time in this godforsaken baseball town that <laughs> game ninety five on July eighteenth, for instance, meant something? And creates this kind of we talked about it for conversation, you know, yeah, first part of the show, and, yeah. and it was great, it was fun, and that's. When's the last time that you went to the ballpark and actually were invested well, as a fan? I mean, and the thing is, and, and well, more than that, it's like, like every night now, it's on in my house. Yeah. And like when they play a getaway, you know, getaway day, you're like, ah, man, I got to find something to watch tonight on TV because it's just the twins are on all the time. And like, I got to be honest with you, last few years, the last month, six weeks of the season, I couldn't tell you if they win, lost. I mean, just you weren't interested. It didn't matter. It didn't. It literally didn't matter. Yeah. If they won, lost, who cared? And writing about them is like, what are you going to write? You know, Brian Dozier, sad <laughs> to leave. Okay, look, last yep. thing before we uh, finish up here, Big Ten Media Day in Chicago, which you've covered probably a thousand times yourself. Yeah. Underway, it was interesting that right before that, uh, Cleveland.com's writer's mm-hmm. prediction poll, which I believe is taken as gospel, right? That's the big it's, one. It's funny because it's not it like started a, a little bit after I got off the beat. Well, it might have been my last few years, but um, – the Big Ten always only did, I think, like the top three teams because okay. they didn't want to say who was the last. So Cleveland, the Cleveland paper went ahead and, and did it. So the Riders take part, yes. Gophers pick to finish sixth in the Big Ten West ahead of only Illinois. Yeah. I, Your thoughts? I would uh, I would put them higher, but I will say this is the most wide open the West has been since they've realigned. Um, you could make an argument for, and this is where I think you need, and I don't know that every writer does this. Mm-hmm. Look at everybody's schedule and see who they play versus oh they got this guy coming back. Well no, you need to look at schedule because you look at Wisconsin. I think they're they're prime for a pretty big drop because they have Michigan, Michigan State, and Ohio State on their schedule. It's brutal, well, that <laughs> brutal. Could, that could be some that could be some pressure on the head coach. And they started at South Florida, which is not a, you know, 
And so they're and they lost you, the Gophers at home. So last your year crossovers, you got Michigan, Michigan State, and Ohio State. Wow. Um, I think I was the best team in the West. If I if I was putting a poll, I'd put Iowa one. Okay. I liked their quarterback, defense. Um, so I, I think I would put them one. After that, I know Nebraska's getting a lot of love, but I like to tell people that's more love for Scott Frost. They got they, a first place. Yeah, and in fact, well, goes, they finished first. Yeah, it goes Nebraska, which got 198 points and 14 first place votes. The Hawkeyes 194 and a half points, 14 first place votes. Wisconsin next at 172 and a half um, and four first place votes for them. Northwestern is fourth, 142 and a half points, one first place vote, and then five, six, and seven are Purdue, 110 and a half. The Gophers. 100 uh, points or votes, but they actually got a first-place vote. Yeah, that's and, interesting. And then a distant seventh, Illinois. Third. Yeah, I think every, Illinois is, I think, clearly the worst team. But everybody else, I honestly think – now, I think Iowa is – I would they would be my definite number one. Okay. i got to be honest. After that, I don't have a strong – I could argue any of them. I, I think you could just put them in a hat and pull it out because this is – the one thing – East has always been better, and, and they're going to, for the time being, I've argued that you, you have competitive imbalance when you have Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio Penn State. State. Michigan yeah, State, Penn thank God State. you're not in the East. How about um, Indiana, Maryland, yeah, and Rutgers? Poor, yeah. See you guys later. Yeah. So they're talking about realignment, but the West is going to get better, Judd. When you look at, like, Frost is going to make Nebraska better. Jeff Brom is a really good coach at Purdue, and they, they held on him, you know, kept him from going to Louisville. Mm-hmm. I like what Flex doing at Minnesota. He's in that same boat recruiting, and you look at the way they played at the end of last year, you can't tell me they're not getting better. Mm-hmm. Wisconsin's Wisconsin. Iowa's, you know, Pat Fitzgerald's one of the top coaches in the Big Ten. He always makes Northwestern tough. And so the West is getting a lot more competitive. Where do you so, expect to see the Gophers make their biggest step? Well, they're, they're going to be really good offensively, like really good. He can coach offense. And – their offense coordinator is very good, and you got one of the top wide receiver cores. You got one of the top players in Tyler Johnson, but then Rashad Bateman and uh, Douglas. I mean, they they have some talent. And then you're adding back. Oh, by the way, you had a guy who rushed for 1,100 yards who was, came out of nowhere, Mo Ibrahim. And then oh, by the way, you're adding Rodney Smith and Shannon Brooks to that. Right. You're gonna add tight end. You got experience at quarterback. Their offensive line has some experience. Who starts a quarterback? Anikstead, I think. Okay. I think he wins it. Um. But I, I like Morgan. I mean, he he has some game in him. He's a gamer, and he can scramble. And I mean, heck, he won the axe. Defense makes <laughs> yeah. So defense makes strides. Defense will be. I still want to see. I mean, obviously, it was like a light switch getting rid of the the defense coordinator. Which, I'll never. That's, but I, I, I for the life of me, I can't think that one coach would make that much difference. But you go, you couldn't stop anybody. Like that Illinois was like literally one of the worst defense forms I've ever seen at any level. It All was, I'm willing to say is we've seen bad coordinators before, they, and it, they can submarine you. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying that the Gopher. There's just a lot of there's yeah. a lot of variables. If a team doesn't necessarily play for a coach or like a coach, yeah, that can be changed. Not completely. Yeah, but it can be a good start. It, well, and I think Ro- Rossi really he bizarre. just simplified it. Yeah, it's like I mean, talk about a 180 what a tackle chip. Yeah. Well, they have some athletes over there. I mean, you're getting Antoine Winfield back, so that helps. Hopefully, he stays healthy. This and year. he stays healthy. Um, you got veterans with Carter Coughlin and Barber, and you have some uh, some pretty good defensive ends up the middle. That's I want to see, but and and look at it, their schedule is manageable. It's not the hardest schedule in the world. So eight nine wins, I don't think is 
asking too if much. If you had to pick a place, a place for, for them to fall in, what are you thinking? Then? In that, I think I think they will be in the mix. I think they'll be contending at the end of the year. I think they'll be two to four, two to five, because I think all these other, I think these teams are all pretty comparable. I don't right. think. Like I think I because so PJ Fleck can get up there and do the same thing Zim can do and say, boys, yeah. no one Nobody, believes in us. Oh, I don't think he's not going to use it. You ever seen this Cleveland.com poll? <laughs> Nobody believes it. It'll us. be in every locker. Interesting. All right, sir. Condo, it's a trouble. Be back next week. Thanks, Chip Scott. All right, brother.